This AIM Hometown Innovations podcast is sponsored by Wessler Engineering. A long-standing AIM sponsor, Wessler Engineering specializes in wastewater, drinking water, and stormwater projects. Trusted, client-focused, responsive, and cost-effective, it's how we do business. The partnerships we create are as important as the work we do. With Wessler Engineering, you are more than a project. Welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. This podcast is designed to offer insights, best practices, and innovative solutions for the challenges facing Hoosier cities and towns. Each edition will offer ideas and inspiration while showcasing the talent and commitment of Indiana's local leaders. Enjoy the program. Welcome to the AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. I'm Matt Greller with AIM. Over the next several months, we'll be covering the topic of youth engagement quite a bit, leading up to our AIM Youth Council's Leadership Network happening later this fall. Uh, Joining me today is a dynamic duo from the greatest university in in the United States, Indiana University. Both are educators at the Indiana University Paul O'Neill School of Public and Environmental Affairs. Lisa Amsler and Terry Amsler, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Before we uh, dive into the engagement that we're working on together currently, um, maybe just both of you give a little bit of a background about your career uh, so the listeners can get a good sense of your professional background. Uh, Terry, you've worked in the same you know, environment that we work in currently. Lisa, you're a, a lawyer, had a long uh, career in, in public service and and universities, et cetera. So let's start with uh, with you, Lisa. Uh, I was delighted to actually get into labor law representing uh, municipalities in Connecticut right after I graduated from law school. And so for 10 years, I was representing school boards and municipalities, negotiating uh, collective bargaining agreements with uh, teachers, administrators, police, firefighters, emergency medical technicians. Uh, And then in 1989, moved to Indiana. So I've lived in Indiana longer than I've lived anywhere else in my life. Uh, Although I was in Indiana when I was two years old and dad was a pilot flying the Purdue football team around for a year. And then it was this big gap until 1989. Uh, I joined the faculty of the O'Neill School in 1992 and have been uh, teaching negotiation and dispute resolution, doing research for uh, federal agencies and uh, all the way scaling down to state and local uh, on how uh, different public agencies use negotiation, mediation, arbitration, uh, dialogue and deliberation to resolve conflict. And that's what brought me to the public engagement work, although it was all Terry's idea to, to get in touch with AIM. Thanks, Lisa. Appreciate everything. We've all got our blips. My grandfather was a Purdue graduate as well, so we all have to work through those kinds of things. <laughs> Terry, what what about you? Talk a little bit about your background. Well, briefly, I've taught here at at IU. I've taught public engagement courses, undergraduate and graduate level 
for about nine years, going on nine years, I guess now, actually. Uh, before that, I did work back in uh, my California days. I worked for the League of California Cities and the California State Association of Counties, and I directed their public engagement program, which was a sort of the non sort of the non the Institute for Local Government, which is sort of the nonprofit research and education arm of the League of California Cities and the California State Association of Counties. So I did that for a number of years, helping local uh, governments, local officials, and their communities around the state think think uh, about how to carry out. Well, well thought through an inclusive public engagement. Other work I've directed public engagement program, or I'm sorry, community mediation programs in the United States. I have uh, um, directed a uh, Oregon Dispute Resolution Commission at one point um, and worked for the Hewlett Foundation uh, for a number of years also in their conflict resolution program area. So it's a mix of public sector, nonprofit and philanthropy. My academic background is political science, and I have an MPA. So we've worked uh, with both of you for, for many years on a, a number of projects, both formally and informally. You've spoken at events we've had, workshops we've had, et cetera. You know, most recently, we've been working on, on projects called capstones. Uh, you know, to me, a, a capstone is a fantastic way for our organization, the members of our organization, to get really credible research done with findings and recommendations that we can then put into action. Uh, but maybe Terry or Lisa or both of you talk a little bit about what a capstone is. I'm, I'm guessing a lot of our listeners are not going to know what exactly one, one comprises. Well, we are a school of public and environmental affairs. And I uh, am the Kellerunen Professor of Public Service uh, and a distinguished professor. And so my mission as part of my career has been to do work that uh, involves collecting and analyzing information in the public service. So a capstone is a course that our graduate students must take to complete their master's degree in public affairs. And the object of the course is to give the students a real world experience with a real client where they effectively do a consulting project for that client, uh, but a whole lot less expensively than a consulting firm would. Um, the, the, the research I've done over the years has involved qualitative research, which is interviewing people, uh, quantitative search, which is collecting data through surveys, for example, or uh, scraping data off the web. And that those skills are skills that our graduate students uh, are taught in required courses uh, on statistics. And they can have concentrations in just about anything, policy analysis, environmental uh, and natural resource management, public management, nonprofit management, um, a whole variety of concentrations. We also have students in capstones who have both degree programs in the, in the MPA, the Master's in Public Affairs, but also the MSES, the Master of Science in Environmental Science. So uh, in, that, in that spring semester, there, there are generally about six capstones serving different clients, 
public and private and nonprofit sector. Uh, and, and we have felt a tremendous privilege to be able to work on these kinds of projects with AIM to try to uh, interact with AIM's members to get information about their experience having to do with real world problems that AIM can then uh, take a look at and think about in terms of its service. Yeah, the, the product is, is fantastic. And, you know, I guess the, the two-way street of this is not only do we get a, an inexpensive uh, product back to us that we can use in our education delivery to municipal officials around the state, but we also get to sometimes help the students that are in the class. You know, most recently, one of the capstone leaders is now working for the National League of Cities. We've, we've had others go into, into management fields around the country. Obviously, we'd like them to stay in Indiana, but any help we can we can provide, I think, is a good opportunity for them as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Terry, prior to talking about our, our current project on youth engagement, maybe just give everybody a quick summary of the, the few capstones we've done prior to this one and, and what they've included and, and where we've gone with those. Well, I'll say briefly about the two that we've done. The, the, the first that I've worked on with AIM and with Lisa was the one in 20, the 2019 spring semester on public participation in Indiana communities. It's the title, as I recall it. And it was looking at Indiana municipalities, public participation policies, practices, and activities with examples and providing rec case stories and recommendations for AIM. So it was a broad look across, I think it was 30 or 40 uh, cities across, cities and towns across the state, regionally spread throughout the state different size communities as well, seeing what people are doing, what kind of successes, what kind of challenges, what do they need? Um, and interesting, I, I had to pull back, I had to look and pull out a couple of things. I couldn't remember the details myself, but one of the, a couple of the findings were the importance of leadership informed uh, people, uh, local officials, community leaders, understanding public engagement as possibilities and, and understanding that and also the importance of evaluation measures to how, we, how do we know how we're doing? Those are a couple of things that came out. Um, I could go into the recommendations. Maybe I'll just jump first, unless you'd like me to stay with the recommendations on the one or explain the other one. Um, I can go maybe to, just go to the second one because I think yeah, it's interesting. I want to make sure I'm staying on the time here. Um, you know, Pre-COVID pre and post-COVID, I think the, the findings are pretty interesting between the two. Well, the, we did first. true because the second one, which was a follow-up really to the first, was online public engagement in the end. That was spring 2021 semester, speaking of COVID. And so things had changed for humans, <laughs> for communities, for organizations, for municipalities. And that was to look at the that, that particular uh, capstone was to look at the policies and practices of online public engagement for cities and towns across the state. And also uh, to provide an inventory of the way that communities were doing this work, document successes and challenges, provide a summary of guidance points for AIM and for communities through AIM that could be useful for this work. And also just a set of resources. What are, what are, what has been learned about this work in Indiana and elsewhere that could be, is appropriate to perhaps to share. So that was the attempt on that second, that second, uh, that second capstone. So the first was broader public participation 
face-to-face -face and some online look around the state. The second focus specifically on online engagement. It was really fascinating to, to see the difference that just a, a year and a half or so made, two years made in that, that research given what had happened in between. Uh, the current capstone, we, we kicked it off recently, of course, is centered around uh, youth engagement and municipal government. Uh, specifically youth councils that a, a lot of cities and towns in Indiana have and we'd like to see even more. You know, our folks tell us that youth involvement is really important to them. Um, Lisa, what are some of the you know, research the students will be undertaking specifically related to this capstone? Well, the, the students, the, the approach, uh, and this is, this is an approach so far to all three capstones. You've got a, uh, a, a membership that is diverse in terms of the size of the communities, the location of the communities in the state. So in order to get a representative picture uh, in each of the capstones, including this one, uh, there has been what we call a, a representative uh, sample. So you've got five regions, Northwest, Northeast, Central, Southwest, Southeast. And um, there was a great report done by PPI that broke uh, communities into three basic sizes, small, medium, and, and uh, large with different names. Um, and so if we get two from each, in each region, we end up with a sample size of 30, which just happens to be the numerologically perfect size for doing statistical analysis on a survey, the minimum size, really. Um, so the students will be uh, reaching out. The, the, the difference between this capstone and previous capstones is that uh, while every community in the state under the open door law was having some form of public uh, public meetings. And, and then what was really interesting was between the two years, in-person public meetings were not nearly as well attended as the online public meetings. I mean, that was right. a discovery. That's right. But with respect to youth councils, to the best of our knowledge, there might be 25 to 30 youth councils uh, in the state of Indiana, but they're at least in municipalities, in cities and towns. Um, there are other structures that people may use to engage youth. Uh, there are residence academies, for example, uh, and uh, there may be youth councils that are both city and county, which is uh, which is what we understand to be true in Monroe County and Bloomington. Uh, the youth councils have very different structures. Uh, uh, the uh, mayor of, of Huntingburg and now uh, director of uh, the Office of Community and Rural Affairs, uh, Denny Spinner, uh, explained that his youth council was engaged through the public schools. So it was a club at the high school. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the uh, youth council here in Bloomington is affiliated uh, and, and supervised by an agency in the county that works uh, with uh, underserved communities with, with a shelter. So it's a very different uh, 
the, a subset of the public school population. It's good stuff, Lisa. Thanks for that. You know, Jerry, when I came down a, a couple weeks ago, when Aaron and I came down a couple weeks ago to talk to the students, you know, I've done this, had the privilege of doing this now three times on the various capstones. And this group seemed really engaged on uh, the topic. You know, there are lots of questions. There seem to be more questions than in previous years. And there have always been a lot, but there was an exceptional number this time, which was great. Uh, why, why do you think this is resonating with the students and is such a good topic? Well, it's, it's hard to know for sure. Of course, they're not that far away from being aged um, appropriate to high school. They're way beyond that now, but not way, way beyond it. And they can imagine their own opportunities and some may have participated and certainly did in some way in high school youth councils or some such uh, a situation. Um, but I think also, I think it's an interesting project, honestly. I think because this gives them the students as a learning opportunity to get to know local government in Indiana. And youth councils are like not the only thing, but so many things have to come together to make a good youth council. And so they get to learn about this. Uh, the number of different, it's also in, in a way a cross sector opportunity. It may be school, it may be city or town government, it may be businesses, and a lot of partners involved to make this work. So I think it's an opportunity for student learning. And I think it's youth engagement, which is not surprisingly of interest to them. And I think they're different methodological, since each of them will have their own interests in how to participate in any capstone-like effort, the opportunities for different roles to interview, to survey, develop a survey, to analyze, to web scrubbing. There's different roles for them in the capstone project itself, in this case for AIM. So I think a number of reasons, I think. And I think they're personally interested in finding out not only um, how youth councils work and how they're different, and certainly they're all of course gonna be different. They serve different, they're parts of different communities. But also what about those that don't have them, but would like to have a youth council? What can we learn about that? I think that's exciting for them as well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I know we're still, you know, early on in the, the process of completing the capstone, but I know we started to talk about the deliverables when Aaron and I were down a couple of weeks ago. What are some of the deliverables you expect will, will come from this particular capstone and the, the class you're working with? The, the students are in the process of uh, outlining what those deliverables would be. I mean, on the large scale, the data will be reported uh, systematically and with charts and graphs, circles and arrows on the back of each one is, um, I'm, I'm quoting from Arlo Guthrie way back when. So there will be the report, there will be data analysis in the report. There will also be case stories where there's a focus on a particular set of people in a particular community and how their, their youth council made a difference in their community. Because we found in previous capstones that these stories are, are one of the things that the membership want. They want to know what was possible in a, in a real community that may be um, of a similar size to theirs uh, or size may not matter depending on the structure uh, of the youth council or the project. 
So for example, Huntingburg, uh, the students ended up being responsible for developing and designing a park uh, south of town where there had not been one. So there's that. There's also this question of what, what kind of guidance is the most useful for a community that doesn't have a youth council yet and wants to start one up. And so that kind of information structured in something that is, is relatively short and sweet as opposed to a 110 page report uh, would, is also the kind of thing that can be a very useful deliverable. I wonder if I could add, just, I think to obviously aim as the client for this cash and will direct the deliverables. But I think there's two, like they break down a couple of ways. I mean, yes, there's surveys, interviews, web research, case stories, literature reviews and such. But some of the findings or recommendations, of course, those come from the students, not from the, the faculty. But I think they often are useful. The recommendations relate to what AIM, how AIM might be supportive or useful. There's also thoughts and recommendations for what communities themselves can do. So I think that I think this notion of recommendations is, is, is multifaceted. There's some ideas perhaps will come from this as about what AIM's role may be to be helpful in useful ways. But there's also simply, quote unquote, simply what communities themselves may have learned from this report and the findings and research and what their peers have said and young people have said throughout Indiana. And that itself may be directly useful uh, to people doing this work in their own communities. So, Yes, and, and it's interesting uh, when uh, Danny Spinner came to talk to the class, he pointed out that he was aware of at least one case where a former youth council member had run for mayor in another community okay. in Indiana. And, and one of the things we'd love to find out is more examples of those cases, um, particularly in the interviews, if, if people are aware of where their, uh, where their former youth council members have gone. Yeah, that'll be an interesting uh exercise to see how many, if, if any, we have serving in the state of Indiana currently. Well, Lisa, Terry, I can't thank you enough for making the, the connection with AIM uh, many years ago now. It's been a very rewarding and a beneficial uh, partnership between, between us. Um, really appreciate you joining our Hometown Innovations podcast today and look forward to uh, discussing some of the final outcomes from the capstone this spring. So thank you both very much. Thank you for Thank the opportunity. You. The same Hometown Innovations podcast was sponsored by Wessler Engineering.